In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Boy, um, I found, though I, I will say this, I really liked this movie, genuinely enjoyed it. Um, okay. But, hmm, does a lot happen in it? I don't know. Um, no. Is a lot said in it? Also, no. No. Absolutely not. And so I found myself struggling in terms of, what question I could ask or like, what was I thinking about while I was watching this movie? And, and I was also afraid that certain types of questions might be perceived as offensive um, or racially insensitive. So I was like, can't ask a lot of things that maybe could have crossed my mind at a given moment. But this is where I've found myself kind of pondering as a result of watching this movie. If you were to be stuck in a bog and sinking into muddy, goopy water slash dirt, I guess, um, would you have a means of escape? Would you know how to do that? (laughs) I mean, have you met me? I have. Many times. So what, what do you think my answer is? Do I seem like a survivalist? Absolutely not. And I... Here's... here's oh, okay. Um, I mean, fair. I, I, I mean, I walked right into that. But, and it's true. Um, I would not survive anything that happens in this movie. Nor I. I'm not trying to imply that I would. Um, no, I know. Um, so, it, so uh, I'll, I'll, let me try to answer the question in earnest. Would, how, would I escape a muddy bog? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it depends how deep it is. I mean, I would fully have a panic attack. Um, I, if there's not something to grab hold of, and if it is deeper to the point where I'm like, I have to like swim through mud or something. Uh, it's not looking good for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. And, and if I'm simultaneously like fighting a grizzly bear and <laughs> like an alien from <laughs> like a giant alien, yeah, I'm I'm done though. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, way to go with spoilers. You're really like getting into the nitty gritty of the movie here. No, I I mean, because this was like a scene in this movie where I was like, what could a person do? 
What should a person do if they find themselves in this circumstance? Because it's not quite the same as the quicksand scenario, but it seems similar to it in some way. Similarly bad. And I have to say, because of like the geography of this movie, I was like, I think I will never run across quicksand. I think that's been established in my life. Yeah. But I could run into a bog like this. Yes. And that is sure. not great seeming to me. Because um, mm. I really don't think in the in whatever circumstance, in whatever series of misfortunes that would have happened so that I end up oh, uh, the, in this bar. There's already been, you. yeah, yeah. The, I'm going to say just for you but and me too. But if you are at a point where you have s- slipped and are fully submerged into a muddy bog, there has been a series so much of things has that gone have wrong. gone terribly wrong. So much has gone wrong. Yeah. Um, and at that point... You might even be kidnapped. I know. At that point, I'm like, would I just give up and let myself float to the bottom or whatever? Oof. Because well, I wouldn't thing, have like, any tools to help me. Like... Well, uh, no, I'm trying to remember if in this movie she had access to like a, a vine of any kind or like sticks. She had she her hatchet like, with the rope. A, a rope could be helpful if you were like masterful with a rope. I would also have problems with that. But like, um, the, I mean, I think about this very often, which is just my in emergency situations what's my will to survive. <laughs> right. Well, and I was going <laughs> to say I, before, I think we even have audio of you saying you don't ever want to fight for your life. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's... And I I was thinking about it again recently, I think, because I watch a lot of true crime stuff. Sure. And, you know, he, hearing so much about, like, oh, the victim really fought, and they really fought back right. and fought for their life. Right. And... And I and I do question myself, like like if you would, would do that, would I? <laughs> I had, I don't know. I like part of me thinks no, I just give up because that's the part of me that is saying that in a, a safe, right, controlled environment, yes. in a place of panic, would I? Would that fight kick in, or would it be full like f- flight and or freeze? I don't know. Um, I I, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't fight for my life, though, I don't know. If it really required, like, a very physical feat, like escaping a muddy bog, I might be in trouble. But if it's, like, kicking an attacker in the nuts, like, <laughs> I feel like I could do that. Probably that. Would I feel be. like I could do that just for fun. <laughs> like. Not even an attacker, just a, like a local, like yeah. local man kicked in nuts by a la- local yeah. lady. <laughs> yeah, just like, just for like a little funsy. Well, um. that's a perfect transition to good old, hello everyone, <laughs> welcome to see you next week in space. I'm Sarah Walsh and I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh. And Amy, what are we talking about this week? Oh. We are talking about um, a movie called Prey, which is from 2022. Um, I had seen this movie, like, 
I don't want to, I guess I would say advertised to me on like Hulu mm. multiple times and I never really questioned it. Um, but yeah, that's what we're. So watching. you mean it's, it never really like made you want to know more about what it was? Not really. I liked the cover art. I did, but I didn't care to investigate further. Fair enough. Um, so the reason I chose this movie is in part because um, when I was scrolling through my list of possible movies for the podcast, I had put a little chunk of them in semi-recently because I'd run across um, some article online about sci-fi movies featuring indigenous people. And so I was like, oh, that Hmm. seems like probably we're high time to do some of that because I think we've talked about this in in the context of other movies. Quite a lot of science fiction is extremely white. Very white. Um, Particularly... Mm -hmm. I would say this is especially true in TV and movies the further back in time you go. Um, Mainly because, I mean, there's like the overall blanket systemic racism of those genres and things. Um, Mm. But there's also just like, um, you know, like there are very famous, well-known sci-fi novelists who are not white and who do not feature white characters. But the jump from being a novelist to having your stuff go in to the bigger kind of mainstream is media harder to do. So like I'm thinking yeah, of like um, sure. NK Jemison is a recent one. And then um, Octavia, I always get these women confused. They are not the same woman. Octavia Octavia Spencer? She, no, not her. Octavia Butler <laughs> is the is okay. the writer. Um Okay. And I and for every time I talk about one I was about to be really impressed with Octavia Spencer that she's also a science fiction writer. Well, and this is literally the thing. When I try and talk about one of them, I always use the other woman's last name. Like so when I try to talk about Octavia <laughs> Butler, I always say Octavia Octavia Spencer. And when I want to talk about Octavia Spencer, I always say Octavia Butler. They are not the same woman. <laughs> and the woman I'm talking about, the novelist, is Octavia Butler. So it's not... I do like the name Octavia, though. It's a great name. Um, So anyway, the point of this in part was... They are the first two Octavias that come up when you search it on Google. Correct. Um, (laughs) So one of the reasons I wanted to include this movie was to try and balance out, not that the balance is really going to be produced by one movie, but to try and be a little bit Mm -hmm. more... Um, inclusive uh, of this stream because there's actually quite a lot of new newish sci-fi movies featuring mm-hmm. indigenous people. So that was part of the reason yeah. I wanted to see this movie. The other part, of yeah. course, is because we've done a lot of Predator films. <laughs> and Yes, we have. And this is part of the Predator franchise. Um, and you- and here's what, here's what I'll say. I have watched, for this podcast, is it two other ones? Yes. I feel like it's been a lot. Yes, you've watched, two we've other watched regular Predator and we've watched Alien versus Predator. Right, that. Um, and I still found myself being like, what the fuck is this movie about? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is the Predator? I don't know. Like, I still found myself... I, I, 
Isaac got home, like, as I was, like, finishing it up, and he said something about it, and I was like, yeah, it's the Predator. I don't know. He's, like, he's, like, an alien, but, like, there's something to do with mud, too, and, like, I've watched a lot of these movies. I should know more. I should understand it better, and I don't. Well, yes, and I was waiting for mud to be more of an issue than it turned out to be in this movie, (laughs) because in the original Uh Predator... That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger survives is he like hides himself in mud because the mud like makes the heat seeking vision disappear that the predator has. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's what I thought. That's what I thought was going to be happening, Um, particularly in the bog scene. I was like, oh, this is when she's going to learn that this like hides her or something. But then it turns out they have a whole different thing that kind of functions in the same way in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I also think it's a kind of worth noting, though probably, you know, I'm not trying to be pedantic, but like, so all the other movies are called Predator, so in a sense, the Predator is the protagonist of the story, uh-huh. um, whereas this is Prey, uh-huh. so the human beings are the protagonists in this story rather than the Predator. Um, yeah. And and particularly, Naru uh, is the protagonist that we follow the most. Um, in terms yeah. of where this falls in the franchise, this is the fifth Predator movie, but it is, of course, a prequel to all the others because it happens hundreds of years mm-hmm. before anything else does. Um, although there is, as we learned in Alien versus Predator... Arnold Schwarzenegger is not anywhere to be found. He is not in this movie. We are not in the <laughs> Central American jungle. Um, and even the Predator... Like, at one point, even the Predator itself seems to have, like, older technology than what gets depicted... I was wondering about that. ...in the later movies. Um... Yeah. So it almost looked like at one point he has, I don't know, I call it he. It's like a weird alien thing. I mean, it is a male actor portraying it, but I don't know that it's a man. And I feel like at one point does, yeah, yeah. At one point does he not like put almost, I don't know what you call it, like a, um, a skull, like half a skull yes. onto his head. Yes. It seemed like. Well, because yeah. that's also, that. so that's the whole thing. Like the traditional predator look. Um, is that they wear like a helmet over their face and the helmet is what provides like, so when you see through the eyes of the predator, that's how you get the heat seeking, like the heat vision thing is the helmet does that. And so even though this one looked like a skull, I think it was, it's still a fancy helmet thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, oh, what was I going to say? So. Um, this is a prequel to the movies that have come before it. Um, and it was developed, actually, because I didn't know this. They've done a reboot of The Predator. They did that in 2018. Um, mm. And as that was developing, I guess the like the production team involved with that was developing this idea simultaneously. Mm. Um, so mm. uh, they held auditions. In February of 2020. Um, Rough. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So basically, I think they like settled on their cast and then immediately it was like, we're not going into production. (laughs) Like we're not doing anything. 
if I were, and I'm sure this happened to, you know, performers and people getting dream jobs left and right, but can you imagine you're an actor, a young actor, a young Native American actor, and you finally um, get your role, like a leading role. I didn't look farther ahead, but I imagine, you know, maybe was one of her first roles. Anyway, and then they're like, oh, yeah, mm." It's all fucked up. No. <laughs> well, We're shutting production down. Actually, Amy, I can precisely imagine that because I got my dream job in August of 2019 and I was set oh. to start it in June of 2020. And while I did start the job, I wasn't allowed to move to the place. So I very much can imagine and put myself in the position um, of these people. Although, of course, the stakes for my job are extremely Dark. way lower than being like, well, I'm not like the star of a major franchise by any stretch of the imagination. Eh. Um, I mean, it's just different. Yeah. But um, things do, as we know, uh, things do get back on track. And so the filming mm-hmm. for this happened in Calgary um, in 2021. Uh, and in fact, so not only is every person in this movie who is featured an indigenous person, um, they also filmed most of this in the Stony Nakoda uh, First Nation lands in Alberta. Um, hmm. So, and I'll talk. It was beautiful scenery. Yeah, it, it really lovely. Absolutely, like kind of breathtaking. And that's why... I kind of. I mean, I don't want to go there necessarily because I'm afraid of those muddy bogs. Now. Well, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't beautiful. be in a bog, and I think we've discussed my feeling <laughs> about camping before. So, like, yeah. you know, some of some of what's depicted here is not a life that I would enjoy. But oh no, no! If no. I were, <laughs> I mean, the truth is, surely on that, um, you know, communal land, there are now just modern buildings, and I would be happy to stay in one of those and enjoy <laughs> the nature. <laughs> you know, like, that would be fine for me. Just um, give me a nice, full-on building, and I'll be there. Yes. Um, not that anyone from the Stony Dakota uh, First Nation peoples have invited <laughs> me, and I and as a white woman, I won't be inviting myself uh, to that space. <laughs> Um, but yeah, absolutely beautiful. And I did really genuinely like what, like watching this movie was a real pleasure. Like it just was like very Mm. picturesque. The scenery. Yeah. The scenery. Yes. There was, there was, there was a lot of animal killing I could have done without. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also this particular, the people who are portrayed in this movie are meant to be Comanches. And I think. I think most of the actors are actually from that indigenous community uh, as well Um, because the film is originally shot in English. That's surely the version that you watched as well as the one I watched. Um, But they then dubbed the movie into Comanche by the same actors. Um, And that is the first film ever to be dubbed into Comanche. Now, in the process of my, like, kind of looking around a bit, um, this movie is set in what's called, let me see if I can say it properly, where, what is it called? The Northern Great Plains. We get a title card that says Mm -hmm. it's in the Northern Great Plains. And it's filmed in Canada. Mm -hmm. However, 
The Comanche's primary locations um, in North America are now kind of like the farthest north they would have gone is Colorado. Um, And in Mm. fact, they were mostly located around Texas and New Mexico or what are modern day Texas and New Mexico. Um, So Mm. I'm not so sure. Like that seems like a little bit dodgy um, in terms of like, what we're depicting and what's happening. Um, And then, um, but nonetheless, even if the general kind of like communal lands of the Comanche generally wouldn't be quite as far north as what is being shown in this movie, uh, the Comanche were um, one of the most kind of powerful indigenous groups in North America Mm -hmm. um, and did a lot of various kind of raiding such that they enslaved a lot of other indigenous people. um, And and once non-indigenous people were there, they enslaved other people as well in the context of like war spoils, basically. Um, So as a result Mm -hmm. of their kind of military power, um, Comanche became the lingua franca of the Great Plains in general, which means that, like, mm. if you were going to know a language to be, like, the most useful in that region, then Comanche was the one that most people would at least, like, they would probably speak other languages, but that would be one that they would know. Okay. Um, and we see a bit of that depicted in this movie as well. Um, so in that sense, you know, we don't have to nitpick this, but I did find it interesting. I was like, She's supposed to be Comanche. This whole community is Comanche, but then they're not really quite where the Comanche would have been um, at mm-hmm. that time. Anyway, the other thing that I think you should know is that this movie was released on your birthday last year, August 5th. I saw that. That's cute. Uh, so, you, I mean, not that you have to love it, but this is a birthday present for you. Um... um. I prefer something different next time, but okay. <laughs> I mean, 2022, you're lucky that you got a birthday present at all. Let's say that. That's true. Um, so in terms of the cast, there's really, to my mind, only two people who super matter to this story. Um, two people and one predator, I should say. Um, <laughs> Naru is the protagonist and she is portrayed by a 25-year-old Amber Midthunder, um, who actually had done quite a bit of acting, uh, before oh. this. Her first credit was in 2001. Well, I apologize. No, I mean, but it is Amber. true. It is true that this is her biggest role, like, without a doubt. Um, okay. She... I thought she was great. Yeah, she was really good. Her first credit was in 2001. She was only four years old. Um, wow. She's appeared in Longmire. Uh, I don't know if you ever got into that show. I watched it for a bit. Um, no. She was a series regular on Legion. She's a series regular on um, a reboot of Roswell called Roswell, New Mexico. Um Hmm. And she's now going to be, she's not in this most latest Avatar movie that's come out, but she's going to be in the next one coming out. Why? Okay. Well, I don't even want to begin. I don't even want to begin with Avatar. Yeah, we can't start that conversation. It's insane. And anyone with half a brain is like, there's no reason for more of these movies. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. I appreciate that we agree. Um, (laughs) Yes. Uh, The... 
her brother, uh, Tabe, is portrayed by uh, an actor named Dakota Beavers. I was unable to sort out whether or not... I mean, he's clearly some age. I just don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, some age. he was born and he exists because he's in this film okay. and that <laughs> happened. Um, mm-hmm. This is his only credit. Um, and from what mm. I was able to gather, it seems like at the moment he's more of a professional musician than an actor. Um, but we may see him show up in things as time goes on. Who's to say? Um, the Predator is portrayed by a 34-year-old Dane uh, DiLiegro, De, De I guess is how I, you might pronounce his last name. Um, he's from Massachusetts. Just thought that would be worthwhile mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he played basketball at UNH um, and then went on to play professionally in Italy and Israel for eight years. Um, so he's only just finished that stint relatively recently um, and after retiring from basketball, decided to kind of pursue acting. Um, and because he's so tall and so big, he's actually mm-hmm. gotten a number of roles as different monsters and aliens in different movies already. Like basically, well, that makes sense. as soon as he decided that's kind of a thing he was interested in wanting to do, then like all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff started happening. Um, and so he's got three movies uh, in production right now. Um, so we surely will be seeing more of him. I also wanted to just mention that um, in the context of this movie, uh, they went for someone who was like tall, but a little bit more wiry than some of the predators we've seen in other movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... Like, I was thinking a lot about how, um, like, the depiction of the Predator in this movie looked almost, like, indigenous-inspired in some ways. Like, um, yeah, there was a lot, there was, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. But also something that I can't remember if we talked about in the, when we've talked about this before. There's something about the... Uh, it's not hair because right. it's, I, but the but the suggestion of the hair right. is, to me, um, not necessarily indigenous, but definitely not white. Well, right, because in certain other movies, it looks a lot more like dreads than it did in this yeah. movie. Um, mm. And no, I don't think it's hair. I almost think it's like, and it's not tentacles Cords. either. But it's, oh. it's like, how, it's like appendages off the head. <laughs> like Medusa, like snakes the yeah. off the head type of thing? Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that hair, hat, like, it's not like little fingers or anything, but it's like right. a part of their body. Yuck, that would be terrifying. No, I think it's, I don't think it's hair. I think it's a part of their body, like that. Okay. That's my interpretation of it. Um, okay. But I, I mean, not just that, but like the, yeah, the vibe here, I just felt like there was a lot more effort than in previous movies to make it look as though the predator 
and the prey were a lot more similar um, mm-hmm. than in previous movies. Because, like, the predator... Well, because also this guy... So this guy who plays him, Dane DiLiegro, um is a bit thinner than other people who've portrayed the Predator in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And they specifically wanted some kind of, like, the word I saw a lot was, like, a feline kind of um, movement and huh. style. Because uh, it, it is true hmm. that in some of the other Predator movies, they're just kind of, like, galumphing around. Lumber, lumbering, yeah. Um, and so I, I felt like there was some sort of visual clues that were meant to show some sort of similarities between Predator and hmm. Prey that I, I didn't really see in other films. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, for all that they wanted like a more live, uh, kind of movable actor, the costume he wore weighed 80 pounds, apparently. E- um, that sounds horrible. Yeah, and to, can t- just to like carry 80 pounds... I'm like I can't do it. I can't, I know I can't. Well, you I'm sure you can, but like uh, for a long period of time maybe not. No, I know for a you fact. You could carry. You could pick up 80 pounds, I think. I don't know if I could. Honestly, I don't know if I could. I feel like you could. If I like, had maybe to not like ass. push it Maybe not like hold it over your head, but I feel like you could pick it up. Maybe. If you were able to use your full legs and like squat and pick it up and hold it in both hands, I think you could do it. Maybe. I'm just a maybe. I'm glad you think I'm so highly of me that I could. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Um, I think you could do but it. But yeah, so he's in this costume of 80 pounds and doing all of this like physical yeah, that's, that's... stuff, which is like wild. No. Um... No, that doesn't sound fun. Now, in terms of the movie itself, I will say, like, even though my handwritten notes are about the length I would expect for a movie, they're not, like, um, not a lot happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of no. watching action transpire. Um, and maybe yeah. that's also just like the headspace I was in. I found that very pleasing <laughs> to just get to watch like <laughs> without having to like do much else, but just watch. Um, but where we begin is that we start with, um, some voiceover in Comanche that eventually, uh, transitions into English and the English bit says that a long time ago it is said a monster came here. Um, and then we get these really beautiful sweeping shots of the what is meant to be the Great Plains. Um, and eventually we end up in the indigenous community that Naru lives in. And specifically, we like wake up with her. And there's quite a lot of, um, how would I say, like kind of establishing of what the day-to-day life and like kind of usual traditions and norms of this community are before we get to kind of the story of the predator um and this is Mm -hmm. part of that we see nara wake up we see her go out with the other women from the uh, community to gather food and other types of useful uh items she in the process of that is practicing axe throwing on her own at practicing i must say she is crazy at that she's quite good <laughs> like, she is so good and yeah i have done axe throwing 
um, as like, you know, a lark because now there are various axe throwing places in the world. And it is not easy. And uh, I I have wanted to go to one of those places, but I have a strong suspicion I would be humbled (laughs) very (laughs) quickly. Well, I'll say this. On the one hand, is it easier than you might imagine? Kind of. On the other hand. Really? On the other hand, do you fear for your life a bit when you're doing it? Of course you do. Yes. Finally. Of course. I've seen videos of people doing it where they like throw it and it bounces back into their face. Well, you have to be, you shouldn't be that close if that's happening. Well, um, no, but I saw one where a, a person did it and it like bounced off of the target and did, I, I don't think they actually got hurt, but it like flung back at them. Well, it can bounce off the target, but you, sh- you should be, you should not be approaching the target until no I know anyway this looks scary whatever video yeah. it was that I saw maybe this person made a mistake and but and it looked finally bad. what I'll say is when you're doing this activity which I do it is fun if you're considering it I would encourage you to do it um <clears throat> like you you realize like oh it's not hard to throw something at a wall that's not particularly hard <laughs> um but it would clearly be hard to get pretty good at this <laughs> Like that yeah, and to have like practice. a very specific aim. Yeah, yeah. Like to throw something at a wall and be like, okay, I can hit the target of that entire wall. Right. I mean, I know they have the smaller targets, but like she's doing it on the side of a tree and like making like patterns in the tree. Right. And she and also what I would say the other thing is like when you do axe throwing in the context of these like places where you can do it, you're only throwing it. Typically, you're throwing it with, like, either both hands or one hand, um, and you're throwing it in the exact same way. She's, like, throwing it from... She only is ever using one hand, but she's throwing it to her right mm-hmm. and thro- crossing her body and throwing it to her left. And, like, um, that is not easy to do. Um, no. So she's doing that in secret. Uh, she We are introduced to her dog, Sari. Um who you were afraid for through most of this film, which I do understand. I loved that dog for some reason. I mean, it's a great dog. Yeah, it's so smart. I, so smart. Like, literally smarter than most humans I've met. Like, <laughs> and, like, if if I could, like, I, lo- I, I love my dog, but if I could have a dog like that that was, like, just, like, fucking brilliant, smart, and, like, didn't need a leash and just she ran just forth with me and like she just talks to it and it goes away and it knows what she wa- has said like it, it's crazy it's wild so we are introduced to this kind of and it's so cute its little face it's, is so it's cute. a very cute dog we're introduced to this world um we also in the context of this sari's tail gets caught in a trap at one point um and that is a bit of foreshadowing for later um mm-hmm. and then finally as she's seemingly kind of wrapping up her day of collecting and moving back to uh the village a strange storm starts rolling in and that's when we get the title card that says pray and so again like i was saying before like unlike maybe other predator movies naru is meant to be like the center of this story mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so then uh we return to her life there's still more kind of setting up that needs to happen we are introduced to tabe her brother um and it kind of 
basically the premise or the, the character arc that Naru goes through is that she desperately wants to be um, recognized as a hunter in this community. And I wasn't totally sure if this was meant to be the case or what, or what is, because I, I, I tried to find out from doing a little bit of research and I really wasn't able to fully work this out. I like the impression I got was that Naru faced pushback for wanting to be a hunter primarily because she was a woman. Oh, that's how I would have, that's how I um, gathered it to be. Yeah. Now it doesn't, it seems like in this culture, it's not that a woman can't be a hunter because it like that doesn't seem to be the problem. But like generally it's like, why would you ever do that? Women do other things like you should be right. spending your time learning to be a healer like her mom is. So that's right. like what Tabe and Naru seem to be discussing um, at the start of the movie. That's then we go and we're told that we're in the Northern Great Plains and that it is September of 1719. Um, so basically the United States doesn't exist, nor does Canada. Um, and this part of the world is um, kind of, it's mostly peopled with indigenous people, um, but there are there will be some Europeans at this point um, coming into this space and coming into our story later. Um, when we return to the village and return to Naro and Tabe's home, um, her mom, her mom, I didn't, her name isn't said in the movie, but her mom's name is Aruka, um, and that's played by another indigenous actress named uh, Michelle Thrush. Uh, and she mm-hmm. is basically saying like, look, I'm a healer. You know, this is kind of what you're really meant to do. Like I'm meant to train you in this. You're not meant to be a hunter. Um, and, but this is like the source of conflict in this family is that um, Tabe is quite a good hunter. He's already um, like kind of gone through the ceremonial hunt uh, to be recognized as such, and Naru wants to be that, but isn't able to. I also got the impression that perhaps Tabe was supposed to be older than her. Mm-hmm. I'm not told. I she just seemed like the kid's sister. Um, yeah, no, I think. So. I mean, that's how I read it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again. Uh, we're out in the forest, uh, Naru, it's like, I guess it's some other day, Naru is getting herbs for her mom's, um, medicines, and she notices that, um, like there's been like an alarm kind of sounded out that a guy who went out on a hunt has gone missing, um, and she wants to go with, to help the search party. Meanwhile, in another part of the forest, we are we do, and this is a kind of one of the other things I liked a bit about this movie was it does seem to hit some similar beats to the original Predator, um, and this was one of them that we see, mm-hmm. uh, and by we see, this is already kind of a difficult thing because the Predator is invisible, right. So we see like, um, and I can't remember now, I think this is, 
Yeah, it's part of the like technology that the predators have because at one point that thing, it starts to malfunction, right? And then you mm-hmm. can't be invisible. I guess like that's some of this, like some of the basics of the predator <laughs> I don't fully understand. Um, so in this case, what we're watching is like what is like appears to be an invisible entity killing a rattlesnake. Um, yeah. and even though I'm not a big necessarily fan of the rattlesnake, um, what happens to this thing is not ideal. Um, I forget if it's, I feel like I remember that, uh, some of the other animals, it, it's like a full disembowelment situation, yes. but I forget yes. if that's what happens to the, here the rattlesnake is kind of like, I mean, it looks cool from a special effects perspective. It's like, like picked up. Uh-huh by a blade and then like kind of waved around like by an invisible force so like it looks cool Mm -hmm. um and then later we find it's revealed again that it's been like completely skinned in this very weird way um Mm -hmm. in the meantime the group that's gone out to look for this missing man have found him he's got like a really fucked up shoulder um because in addition to the predator being on the scene the thing that the men in this group are mostly concerned about is what they keep calling a lion um yeah and so this uh because of like where this is supposed to be happening um they're probably talking about a cougar um Mm -hmm. because and i say that because that's like the type of cat that was where I used to live was a cougar. A cougar is a mountain lion, right? A mountain lion is a cougar and a cougar is a mountain lion? That is a very good question. Are cougars mountain (laughs) lions? Yes. The mountain lion is the general term for things like cougars. Species. Yeah, cougars, pumas, panthers, and catamounts. So catamounts. I don't even know what that is. Catamounts are, I think, like basically extinct, but they were like the East Coast version mm-hmm. of this. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's what they so this hunting party, that's what they are out there looking for and presumably for. presumably that's the thing that has wounded this guy as well is a, yeah. a mountain lion so they find the mountain lion guy, or they find the hurt guy um naru has some of these like i don't know what this flower is supposed to be but she's got these like flower petals that um, yeah. are medicinal in some capacity. I it almost seemed like what they really probably were was some kind of like anesthetic or something. Like just mm. so they they make you feel like you they be, no how they make you make you high. They make you not feel <laughs> thing. You know, like they yeah. numb you basically is what yeah, it yeah. seems to be. And in the process of this, as so they so like they find this guy. She starts treating his wounds. The rest of the hunting party make a stretcher to carry him back to the village. As they're doing mm. that, um, he doesn't, he's not doing well. And Naru is like, you need to take that blanket off of him. And Tabe's like, why? He's uncomfortable. And she's like, no, if he, 
like the medicine is supposed to make you be cold and that's how it works somehow. Um, hmm. So this, this issue of like the medicine making you appear cold is important for later. So that's why I'm saying okay. it. Um, okay. As like the evening progresses, Sari, the smartest dog in America, um, <laughs> finds the rattlesnake body and draws it to Naru's attention. She looks at it mm-hmm. and is really surprised because it's also sitting alongside giant tracks which do not match a mountain lion. So, yeah. Um, or a bear. That's the other thing. It's like there are bears mm-hmm. here and there are mountain lions. It seems like a dangerous place is all I'm saying. Hey, it seems like I'd want to like go indoors a little bit. Yeah. Nature. I mean, <laughs> this is where nature gets a little too, uh, too <laughs> natural for me. Too nature. Yeah. <laughs> too natural. Um, so anyway, she tries to warn her brother Tabe that there's something else out there. Um, in the forest mm. and he poo-poos her. Um, she then decides like that this is the night she's going to attempt her like ceremonial first hunt. So she sits up in a tree and I guess with this, I don't, it seems like from what happens that the ceremonial first hunt is for a mountain lion, that that's specifically what you should be like looking for. Um Okay. It's one of her other friends or like acquaintances, I'm not totally sure, is sitting up in the tree with her and he's basically mansplaining hunting to her. Uh, I love that that's what you wrote too. I've been waiting for you to say that part because I read ahead and (laughs) I love that. I mean, I I don't know enough about hunting to say more than that, but it it became very apparent to I me. I have a sneaking, I have a sneaking suspicion. If you ever went hunting with a man, you'd probably get mansplained what hunting was. I'm yes, just gonna guess. Yes, uh, sadly, um, though hundreds of years have passed. Literally, three hundred years have passed <laughs> since this time, and men are probably still explaining to women how to do hunting. So. As they are yeah. actively hunting. And many other things. Yes, and many other things as well. <laughs> yeah. What I liked quite a lot about this particular version of mansplaining that happened is as he is telling her, like, you need to be on your toes. You need to, like, this and that. What happens to him? He gets got. Yes. <laughs> by, by your wording. Yes. Yeah, he gets attacked. He gets swiped out of a tree by a mountain lion no, which is no better than he deserves. Um, and I'm not sure if he's supposed to be dead after that or what, but, I mean, he maybe I is dead. I sort of thought so, but... Um, because I couldn't tell if the lion... See, mansplaining kills. Yes, it, it's a dangerous endeavor. Don't get involved in it, men. <laughs> um, so that leaves Naru to face off with this lion. And then we get, like, a pretty great shot where the lion is on one branch of the tree. And she's backing Mm -hmm. up on the other branch of the tree. And I quite liked that kind of image. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's about to try and do something to this mountain lion, but in fact gets distracted by seeing lights off in the distance. 
Um, and so she ends up kind of, because she's going back and back on the tree limb, it's getting more and more wobbly. So she loses her balance, falls from the tree, hits her head on a rock, and blacks out. Terrifying. Not good. No. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking like, oh man, this is wild because, so the next scene is her waking up back in her home. Her mom is helping Mm -hmm. her. Um, the guy who Naru helped to heal is back in the village and seems to have survived. I guess that other guy did die. Um, yeah. Now I was like, oh boy, this sucks because she had a fucking concussion and was knocked the fuck out. And the only seeming response is to just wait and assume someone will wake oh, back yeah. up. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Oh. I mean, it it had to have been just brutal <laughs> living at that time. And whether you were living, uh, you know, off the land like indigenous people or uh, whether or whether you were living in you know England and going through the plague and stuff it just it had to just all be brutal that time yeah I I just am we've talked about this multiple times before but I'm like I'm not cut out to live in the past and this is one of the proofs (laughs) this is one of the proofs of that is like I'm like that's terrifying and not even we're talking 17 you said 19 yeah I'm not even equipped to live in like 1860 (laughs) Like over, like over a hundred years past this, like I'm not even equipped for that. No, I mean, that's the whole thing is when people talk about like this, um, you know, like colonial era of people like Europeans, like kind of penetrating deeper and deeper into the Americas and, and not only the Americas, but I'm just like, all of that sounds really scary to me. Like... I'm not even convinced I would have been able to live during like the 1920s I'm, or like yes. the 30s. Yes. The, the depression. I do, I'm not convinced I would have done well then either. Yes. I like, I mean, I like to imagine I would me- somehow I find might have a survived, way to live, but, but like, like I wouldn't have been happy about it. <laughs> I don't think so. But then again, you wouldn't know any different. So like maybe no one was. Yeah. I mean, and Naru seems fine. She's like, oh, I I like hit my head on a rock and then somebody and Tabe killed the animal. And now I'm and now I'm fine and now I'm awake and I'm safe in my home. Like, okay. I mean, she is pretty much a badass. Well, yeah, I mean, and like look, as we just said, living in the past was hard <laughs> like <Sucks>. um <laughs> so I guess you just didn't complain a lot about things because I guess you just didn't have a choice yeah. I mean I guess it's the same thing as if we were born in 1985 and we're like well I really would have rather been born in 1990 please like nothing yeah. can do <laughs> yeah um now so what has happened in the interim is that Tabe has killed this animal um, has brought its body back. They do a celebration celebrating Tabe's accomplishment. And we see Naru in a very typical younger sibling kind of vibe. Like the whole celebration, she's making a bad face of like, I'm really <laughs> jealous about this. 
And mm-hmm. um, and not only is she jealous, but it's also like that wasn't the thing that's out there. There's something else that's stalking us and no one is noticing this or whatever. So yeah. she decides that what she's going to do is um, like, I guess, like find the proof herself might be the way to say it. So she heads out with her dog and starts walking um, far, far from the village. And she then, of course, finds some green blood. That's another common kind of (laughs) trope in this uh, franchise. And she also measures the footprint of whatever left the blood um, to find Uh that it is gigantic. Um, (laughs) And then this is a scene that you probably didn't like where it's like the predator is watching a wolf and a rabbit and then it kills Is that the when wolf? he kills the wolf? Yes. I did not like that. I did not like that and I was this was the point where I was starting to really get nervous for that dog. Yeah. And that's only totally fair. I was like it, it's not been going well for any of these other animals and like you know even a wolf I I didn't love seeing that happen because a wolf looks a lot like a dog. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't even love that. Yes. And, like, particularly what was hard to watch, I guess, um, was the, the predator, like, removes, like, pulls out the wolf's spine. Like. It, not good. And that it was really not rough. good. Whatever it was. And, yeah. and much like some Europeans that will be introduced to relatively soon, um, the predator does not eat this meat. It just leaves the carcasses where they are. Um, yeah. And so that's what's going on. Cause it's, pre- these are trophies for the predator. That's like the point of this. Um, as Naru is like pushing deeper and deeper into the forest in this hopes of finding the predator, this is when she adds a rope to her ax. Um, and then uh-huh. like, because she can like throw the ax and then pull it back really fast she starts killing a bunch of rabbits, which, um, you know, she needs to be able to continue this search for the predator. Um, I got more worried for the dog when in the next scene we see the predator cleaning off the wolf skull so it can keep it. And it, yeah, like, we hear Sari barking in the distance and the predator, like, kind of turns its head to look and yeah and that's when I was like oh no this dog is in and I really like yeah and I'm gonna be honest I was gonna be like mad at you (laughs) (laughs) I was prepared to be like angry um I was prepared because I made you watch a movie where a dog died yes it's something that I really hate in movies like I truly like I watch horror movies all the time and you I could watch a person I mean I guess I have problems I could watch a person get bludgeoned and torn up but if you kill a dog I'm like this movie's trash mm-hmm. and like and so many horror movies do do that yes, that is they absolutely do, horror movies and for it, sure and it is my least my least favorite thing whenever there is an animal in a horror movie I'm like god damn it um because it's always gonna get killed yes 
Um, if it's a crazy, like some like, I don't even know, like, you, what's the, uh, those types of movies where like someone is crazy. <laughs> I don't know what you like, like thrillers yeah. where I know there's, if there's, there's always animals and they end up getting killed in a single white female yeah. or whatever that movie's called. And oh, things right. Like that. They I do have that. that in that one too. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hate that. Well, I don't want to ruin anything yet, so I'll just say we are concerned about Sari at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, as Naru is investigating, she comes into a field where a whole herd of buffalo have been skinned and left to rot in the sun. Um, She does a blessing over them and then also picks up um, a super old-timey bullet casing. Um, although mm-hmm. she doesn't know what that is. That is that is what it is, but she doesn't know what she's got in her hand. Um, yeah. Then, again, in her process of seeking out what's going on, um, this is when we get the infamous bog scene Oof. where she starts to sink into such a bog. And um, in her case... She, at the very least, it has a certain presence of mind to use her newly created axe rope as, like, um... I mean, she's very smart. She's very resourceful. She's extremely <laughs> resourceful. And, like, especially, like, because right up, like, I want to say before, because she has to keep throwing the axe because she wants to get it to lodge into, like, an uprooted tree so that she can pull right. herself out. But, like, she doesn't get that right away. She keeps throwing it, and it's missing, and it's not, like, getting into the right spot. So by the end, she's literally, like, neck deep into this bog. So bad. Still throwing the axe to save herself. And she finally gets it. And I'm like, I think at that point, I would be so panicked that oh yeah, any the panic that's the that's saving the thing myself with me. would be over. That's the thing with me. I think the panic would take over. Like, and even if I didn't want to give up, I think literally I would just like pass out from shock or yeah, something. Yeah, just like, like let the water take me at that point or something. Like, and not even, but like not even necessarily on purpose. Now that I'm thinking, I really think it might just be like my body just like literally can't like, do it and goes into like full shock, like and. I pass out. Like, I feel like I would just pass out. Perhaps. I mean, she doesn't. And then AKA die. Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> She's far more superior yeah. to us. Um, yes. So she then unsurprisingly goes to find a river to clean herself up uh, in. And as that is happening, this is, God, living in this world is like, well, um, a bear <laughs> comes. Um, and so she hides from the bear. I have a question about this bear. Okay. I mean, it's not important, but she comes up on the bear, and then she's behind it, and, like, she makes a noise, like, her arrow snaps or something, and it, like, looks back at her, roars, and, like, bounds up the hill. Now, I really don't know that much about bears, but I didn't really think they were that um, confrontational in the sense where they start something like that. 
Like, if you come across their path, yes, I could see it. But I don't know. That seemed very, like, it ran super fast. And, I like, I don't know. There was something about that that didn't. Maybe I don't know anything about bears. <laughs> well, I mean. I guess maybe I wish that that's not how bears responded. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because he, because the bear catches her scent. That's the first problem is, like, mm-hmm. the wind shifts and then she's downwind mm-hmm. of it. So it smells her. And so that's already mm-hmm. bad because it, like, turns its head, like, kind of in her direction. And maybe it's super hungry. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's different if they're, like, super starving. Maybe I'm thinking maybe all the bear encounters I've heard of or seen, like, the bears literally are so overfed <laughs> by the fact that humans are around that, like, well, they're not yeah. as desperate. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you're right that, like, unless... I don't, like, I don't think bears necessarily care about human beings one way or another. Like, yeah. Um, when, when they, it's, it's similar to, I was saying earlier about sharks, but I think it's similar to sharks where they attack because of people being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Not necessarily that they're seeking out people no. to like eat. No. <laughs> the reason the bear is at the river is because there's a beaver dam in that same spot, and that means all the fish are getting caught there. That's why that bear is there, because mm. it wants to eat the fish mm-hmm. in the river. Um, right. Right. Or it wants to drink the water in the river. That's why it's there. It's it's just minding its own business. But as soon as it catches her scent, and then hears that like crack or whatever it is, that like, because yeah. even when it catches her scent, it doesn't immediately jump upon her like no it looks around it's the cracking thing that yeah um and again like in this context in this scenario perhaps a bear would be more on alert when it smelled a human because in this scenario that probably does mean that the human wants to kill it like i guess whereas now like people aren't hunting bears for any reason to speak of like I guess um maybe and so there's that possibility as well um but bear experts out there please wait um tell us but I will I'm sorry to report this to you bears are actually wildly fast and agile even though they're big and seemingly galumphy yeah no I mean I believe that uh I don't like it. <laughs> it's best not to think about it, but it is sadly yeah. true. Um, I, I do believe that. So then, of course, this bear jumps and it tries to attack her. Her dog, sorry, again, smartest dog in America, um, like distracts the bear enough to give mm-hmm. uh, Naru enough time to basically like run and hide herself in the beaver dam. Um, which was an yep. interesting choice. Um, <laughs> and then while she's hiding there, the predator attacks the bear. And the two fight. It was a pretty cool fight, I would say. Like, again, because there's, like, this invisibility element to um, the fighting scenes here. I also did, like, because it's, like, a CGI bear and it's a CGI invisible predator. So it's, like, all whatever. But, like... yeah. At one point, the bear looks up, and it's got the green blood, like, dripping from its mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that looks pretty cool. Like, admittedly, that looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, but then what ultimately happens in this fight? 
If the predator wins. Correct. And? And it, like, holds the bear over its head at one point, right? Yes. Like, yes. floating in the air. Yes. And she's still, is she still in, she's not still in the, she's not back in the mud. She's just in the water watching She's this. in the beaver dam still. In the beaver dam. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, yes, it, she, it lifts the... Uh, and right there, I would die of a panic attack, too. Well, yeah, because it's like seemingly a bear is lifted into the air by nothing. Um, yeah. And then, but then it isn't by nothing because the blood of the bear, like, showers down over the body of the predator. Which, again, Ugh. from a special effects perspective, it looked really cool, admittedly. I was like, that looks cool. Yeah. Um, but if you were to see it in real life terrifying um and yes we also have seen the death of another animal um but again similar to the um the very first predator uh we don't really get a full reveal of what the predator looks like until 51 minutes into the movie um, yeah, I was waiting. I remember being like, this is a long time not seeing it. Yeah, and that was true of the first one as well. Because, like, we, so the way Naru manages to escape the predator at this time is that basically, like, the beaver dam starts to break apart and she starts swimming and kind of floating downstream and the predator remains in place. So that's how she escapes. When she um, kind of gets out of the river... Uh, Tabe and some other men from the village have find her and are like, listen, you can't, what, whatever it is you're doing out here in the forest, you can't be doing it. We're bringing you back home. Um, and they even tie up her uh, wrists and are like, you're coming yeah. with us, which I thought was like a kind of weird choice. But she's like, listen, <laughs> um, there is something out here and that's what I've been tracking. And like, they're like, whatever, you're like a hysterical woman. <laughs> you know, like, um, there's nothing yeah, out here. Um, and then there was this whole scene where like, it's not her brother, but it's like one of the guys in this group starts to really question her about this like entity that she says she's seen now. And they actually like do a whole, they like punch each other and stuff about it which I thought was kind of strange um and I mm -hmm. and I didn't get like what was supposed to be happening there um in terms of like culturally or like socially like what the what the um how would I say like what the relationship between the two of them was and like what this like fighting was supposed to accomplish um unfortunately though Naro ends up tied up and as the men are, like, sitting to have a rest, I guess, before they head back to the village, that's when the predator attacks. Um, and, like, this is where we get the same stuff that we've seen in other predator films. Like, the very first guy to be killed by the predator in this scene has, like, those little triangle of lights show up on him. Um, and then three arrows go through him to kill him. Um, and then this is when we see the kind of the full spectrum of the predator and what it's capable of doing. Um, it kills most of the men in this group pretty much immediately with the exception of mm -hmm. Tabe. 
Um, but and then Naru manages to free herself um, by cutting the restraints she has on her wrist with her axe blade, and she starts running away. Um, when she runs away into the field, this I remember. This scene was one of the first like teaser trailer scenes when the movie was mm. getting uh, like kind of media attention where she finds actually mm-hmm. a, an, another guy who had, she isn't actually the only survivor. So like this guy had run away into the forest, into the field. She finds him. They hide in the tall grass. Um, but as they're hiding, unfortunately the guy lifts his head up over the grass line. The predator sees it, um, kills that guy. Naru want, runs away again um, into forest on the other side of the field where she immediately is caught in a hunting trap. Mm. Bummer. As she's caught... No big bummer. As she's caught... So she's got her ankle in this trap. The predator approaches her extremely slowly and even, like, picks up the chain uh, of the kind of trap to, like, find her. Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves her alone. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Well, this is all, like, useful information, I guess you could say, for her that she will uh, put to use later. The predator leaves her. However, the French guys show up, and they're covered in buffalo skin, unsurprisingly. Right. Um, and they knock her out with the butt of their rifle. She's getting knocked out a lot. They suck. In this movie. Is she, I mean, she would have intense, like, uh, I don't know, just like, it, later in life, I feel like she's going to suffer some repercussions from all For sure. I mean, I do, I guess I wonder, like, you know, like, it's true that on the one hand, you can bump your head quite hard and be fine, like, and, you know, whatever. But, like... Um, but you can also bump it in the wrong place and die. Well, right. But like, I'm like, did people in the olden days just like have constant concussions and nobody gave a shit because no one knew? Like, and maybe they did. I don't maybe. know. Um, and people just died younger and stuff like that in a general sense. So maybe just that kind of stuff didn't back up on them as much. I suppose. Um, I don't know. When she comes to in the French camp, this would be terrifying. I was also worried about what was going to transpire in this scene as well. Yeah. Um, because she wakes up in a cage. Um, and this is when she... Not a good start. No, I, I don't like this, like, at all. Um, <laughs> she realizes that these are the people responsible for the dead buffalo she found earlier in the day or earlier in the week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them comes up to her, approaches her, and starts to speak to her, um, in a very heavily French-accented Comanche, um, or at least I think that's what we're meant to infer, because here, mm-hmm. like, basically when people are speaking English, I think we're meant to imagine that it's actually Comanche yes. that they're speaking. Okay. So, mm-hmm. he explains to her that the French, um are not interested in her for horrible, terrible reasons, as was often the case when it came to things like this, 
but rather that like they are aware of the predator as well and they mm-hmm. want her help to track it because I guess they've mm-hmm. worked out that she has interacted with it. Um, mm-hmm. She refuses to help them and unfortunately this is when it's revealed that they have also captured her brother Tabe and that they will, they're basically saying like we're going to injure your brother if you don't help us. And they do, to show that they're true to their words, they do, like, kind of slash him across his chest uh, at this point. Now, that seems counterproductive. Like, I mean, I get the tactic, but I would be like, now you just injured my brother, now I'm pissed, why am I going to help you? Well, I guess they're hoping, like, you see what we've just done. She'll save his life. Yes. And yeah. we'll do more unless you help us. So yeah, I guess know. it's just a rude tactic. It's not <laughs> ideal. Um. <laughs> so ultimately, though, since she's refused to help them in maybe the more traditional sense of the word, they've decided to use her in a different way to help them suss out this predator thing. So they've tied mm-hmm. Naru and Tabe to like a tree, and I couldn't tell if like. This looked like it was like a part of the forest that had been burnt away or something. I wasn't totally sure Mm. because it's all just like Mm. very barren tree trunks like up, standing up amongst nothing. But they've been tied to a tree in this scenario. The French have like set up kind of along a little hillside in the hopes that basically Naru and Tabe are bait that they want to draw, use to draw the predator out. But... Again, mm-hmm. as we've already seen, the predator doesn't want bait. The predator doesn't want something that has already been... Handed to it. Yeah, like, the predator doesn't want something that's already been um, captured or injured mm-hmm. in some way. It wants to... Right. So, instead... It's noble in that regard. <laughs> I don't know if noble is the right word, but it's... Because um, it, it's, it's not, for example... It's not that the predator wants prey that is equal to it in ability and No, but skill. it just wants to, like, fight it But a it needs to be a real chase. It needs to be a real fight. Yeah. That's kind of the difference. So, anyway, instead of attacking, attacking Naru and Tabe, it attacks the French, which I was all for. That was totally fine by me. Yeah, I'm about that. Uh, they were very yeah. unpleasant... Um, and unpleasantly depicted, which is only what it should have been and certainly was very accurate. I also thought it was interesting that, like, they all speak French in this, unsurprisingly, um, but there was no effort to do subtitles. Like, it's like, so we got... No, yeah. We got a very real experience. We don't give an F what they're saying. (laughs) Well, that, but also we got a real experience of what it would have been like in that time to be like, these people are just saying things to me and I have absolutely no understanding of what it is like yeah um so while this is all happening Tabe is confused and Naro explains this entity whatever it is doesn't want bait like it wants to hunt um and so we're not we are not attractive to it um and so Tabe says like that they need to work together to try and kill the predator um which Naro is like, I don't think we can kill it. And of course, we get the great line, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Um, 
which I'm pretty sure is a callback <laughs> to the original as well. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. And so in this little vignette um, or in this set piece, Naru manages to free herself and Tabe from the tree and then they come up with a plan for what to do with the predator. And this is when I got more scared for the dog because yeah. Naru goes back to the camp because they've also, the, the French also took her dog, which is like so rude. Um, Those fuckers. And they tied it up, you know, and were mean to it. Um, so she goes back to the camp to get Sadi. And as she does that, there are like a handful of guys still left at the camp and they want to stop her from getting her dog. And so she just kills them all. Love it. It's a pretty badass fight scene. I'll say that. Um, she then also just finds that the translator who had been with the original group of guys who were attacked by the predator down on the hillside, he's like literally crawled his way back to camp because the predator's weapon cut off his leg at like just below the knee. And so he's like, please, please like help me. Um, and in exchange for helping me, I'll explain to you how to use my gun. And um, that is the deal that is struck. And so this is when Naro gives this translator man these like flower petal things. And the flower petals, like I said before, make his body temperature go down so that when the predator oh, shows... so they can't... Yeah. So when the predator shows up at mm. the camp... It looks as though this guy's already dead. Mm, mm -hmm. And because the... That's smart. Yeah, the predator doesn't want anything that's already dead. So it's like, okay, um, I'll leave this thing alone. Um, but I... Maybe that. If I was working... If I had the um, forward knowledge or whatever you would call it, that, that this thing sought a fight... Maybe I would survive this. This, I think I would, I would, I would lay dead. down on the ground and be like, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> and try to lower my body temperature yeah. somehow. Like, will it down? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the translator does end up being killed by the predator. I forget precisely the circumstances of that. Um, but the more important thing is that while the predator is a bit distracted with this translator and with Naru and with the dog... Tabe rides up and starts circling the camp, drawing the attention of the predator away from Naru. And the plan that mm -hmm. they had struck, it seems, was that while he, while the predator was distracted, Naru was meant to shoot it with the gun. But what they, what they don't know is that even though to them a gun is a totally new invention. Although I, I'm not sure that they would have thought that in 1719, but maybe Naru and Tabe specifically haven't seen a gun before. That's possible. Yeah. Um, now, this is a big deal for them, and it seems quite deadly. Unfortunately, the Predator is from space and has that motherfucker. space guns and space arrows and space shield and space <laughs> heat vision. So this old-timey yeah. gun is like doesn't even matter Not to this scary. thing at all. So yeah. 
Um, and also Naro has trouble using the gun. Um, so anyway, and I'll, and just to be clear, everyone, the reason she has trouble using the gun is not because women don't know how to use guns. Um, but rather that old timey guns were extremely difficult to use and quite unreliable. So that's what's happening here. Meanwhile, Tabe is still attempting to distract the predator. So he throws a spear through it. Um, but unfortunately this does not help. And so in the end, Tabe actually like kind of sacrifices himself to the predator so mm. that his sister Naru can escape. Um, mm -hmm. And this leads Naru to the final kind of climax of the film where she's in the forest. It's nighttime. She has taken the one remaining French guy who is left. She's taken him hostage. And... Nice. Cut off his leg using the same weapon that the predator had. And mm. she is using that man, his blood, his leg, whatever, as bait for the predator. She set up this <laughs> whole scenario, basically. Mm -hmm. um, now, even though we know and has it has been established that the predator doesn't like bait, this particular guy isn't just like passively sitting there he wait he comes to and he's shouting and he's irritating and he's unpleasant so he's quite a bumbling little bee and so when the predator shows up he he doesn't read as simply uninteresting um so the predator yeah. kills him rather graphically but again that's only what this french guy <laughs> deserves um mm -hmm. naru has now Figured out how to use the gun a bit better. So she tries that again. Um, it does not work. Um, and then uh, I, this was where Sari the dog kind of jumps in at one point, And I was concerned that the predator was going to kill the dog. Um, See, now at this point, I stopped worrying because I felt like... If the dog has made it this far, this is like I could feel that this was like the ultimate or, Stand or possibly off. penultimate. Yeah. So I was like, if the dog has made it this far, that you know, it's I would this movie would be craptacular <laughs> if it killed it now. Like I, I didn't I started believing that it was gonna survive at this point. I wasn't so sure. I was like <laughs> Maybe it will have gotten through all these other challenges only to be killed in this final confrontation. I would have hated that even more than if it um, died in the first scene. I would have hated that. But I suppose since her brother died, like she need, like she can't have both of her best friends killed. Yeah. Um, and who needs a brother when you have a dog? <laughs> I don't know. Probably people with brothers might disagree about that. <laughs> um, but anyway... Uh, not, sorry plays an important role in this, but at the end, um, in the final confrontation, what um, kind of, she actually lures, Naru lures the predator back to the bog for God knows what reason. And um, I don't, I actually had to watch this a couple times and I still never totally got what happened. But basically in the context 
of the fight, the Predator's face mask skull thing, which also had quite a bit of its technology in it, had fallen off, and Naru had ended up collecting that for herself. Mm-hmm. And so she set up this circumstance where she was sitting at the edge of the bog, the mask was set up on a different spot, and as the Predator walked up, the Predator's very presence activated the like weaponry in the mask that it normally wore. And so mm-hmm. it ended up being killed by its own weapons, like going right through its head or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the conclusion of this particular um, encounter. And when Naro returns to the village in the final scene of the movie, she comes back carrying the predator's head with her. She's cr- covered in green and glowing blood. It's like dawn time. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole village comes out to see what has happened. And she explains to them that they need to move to like safer ground. And I, at this point, I wasn't sure if that was inspired by the existence of the Predator or by the existence of the French, but either way, probably <laughs> move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then they have this, re- they have a similar celebration to when Tabe came back with the head of, or when the body of the mountain lion. But this one seems like quite right. a bit more somber, of course, because um Tabe is dead and like this is quite a serious thing yeah um and that is the end of the movie oof so yeah this is an interesting one because like it's a long movie but well it is only 90 minutes but I will say that it feels longer (laughs) I mean everything feels longer to you but um correct correct but like I don't know, because I think there's a, I don't necessarily like movies that are overly verbose. Sure. It's like just a lot of talking for talking's sake. Um, you know, I get, I get very lost in movies like that. But I do find myself also being lost in movies where, that are more quiet like this, that are like just action scenes, because I don't find action scenes that interesting to yeah. me personally. Yeah. So I don't, I don't engage as deeply as if there's like some breaks in that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we've talked about this. I have a similar uh, problem, I guess you could say, with action movies in that regard. Um, this one did hold my attention and I guess it's because it wasn't necessarily that there were a lot of action scenes. There's a lot of just like watching stuff happen. Like, um, right. and that as I said before, for me was quite soothing to just like let something mm. sort of wash That's over fair. me. Um, but when it came to like the crux of the movie and the action scene, I was like, how did the predator die? I didn't get it. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, well. Yeah. Um, no. But anyway, movie over. So now let's go to <laughs> yawns and eye rolls. In terms of yawns, mm-hmm. one yawn is this was scintillating and I like watched every second and 10 yawns is like I really like this put me to sleep what would you say 
Well, in the vein of the not a lot of talking um, nature of it, it did make it hard for me to focus. Um, I did find myself dozing off, I feel like, a few times because mm. of that. Um, I was worried about the dog, so that kept me a little engaged. <laughs> um, but I would say maybe like a five right down the middle. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was a bit more engaged than you were with this. So I would probably give it like a three, like there was like, yeah. and it's not because unlike in other movies we've watched in the past, um, it's not like this was a pacing issue or anything. Like I felt like the movie kept yeah. going at a good clip. I just was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is quite quiet. It's not a lot of stuff yes. happening. And and right. that's actually fine, but it, you know, like my attention wanders a bit in the context of this. So yes. three for me. Yes. Um, in terms of okay. eye rolls, one eye roll being like, I totally bought into the world, nothing weird happened. I get it. Um and ten eye rolls is like, this is objectively insane. Um, what would you say? That is tough because the world as a whole, obviously, like, yes, I bu- I'd buy it into because it did happen. It's real. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that type of the, the, the predator aspect of it and the predator aspect of all the predator movies, <laughs> I just, like, don't get. Like, it's something, but, but I recognize that it's, like, a me problem a little bit. Mm. Um but I really just like don't get it, and I and I kind of don't get the appeal either. Like, I, again, I know that's a me thing, but um, yeah, I I don't get the predator thing. So I think that makes this world tough for me. Mm. Mm, I guess maybe I'd go five again, okay. not to like be boring, but because of like the half that is really real, and then the half that I totally don't get. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I might go again with a three um, because I I am more of a fan of the concept of Predator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I did like the, I don't know how you might say it, like the, the effort to make it be more in a real world rather than like the other yeah. movies. I liked yeah. that like attempt. I definitely liked it. I definitely liked it better than Alien versus Predator because that movie was not based in I reality. Did not like that. <laughs> that was I did not like that. Not world. based in reality. Although weirdly, that's the movie that kind of, to my mind, like presages this thing, at least in terms of concept, because there's a scene in that movie or there's some little cutaway part of it where they say, like, predators come here every so often for these like ritualistic purposes. And they've been mm. coming here for like millennia Ever. or something. I don't um, even remember that. I just remember the look of that movie was very, very dark. They had to like go down into like a hole. Yes, they did. I, I, everything they about were it. under ice I didn't, I didn't in a like hole. It was a yeah. lot. And per I last week's like discussion it. of caves or whatever, whenever we last discussed yeah, not caves, good. Um, not good. Yeah. So. I like so yeah, I quite enjoyed the idea of like we're taking this thing, we've even teased this concept a bit, and now we're gonna like 
see if we can make that seem a bit more real. Like, what would it be like if that were happening? And I, yeah. I liked that uh, kind of shtick quite a bit. That's fair. So ultimately, did you like this and would you recommend it? Hmm. You know, it's not for me. Um, and, and, and by that token, I don't think I would recommend it. Um, I, cause I, I think about the many times I've said things like, I don't like this, but sure. I'd tell someone else to watch it if sure. they wanted to. Is that really a recommendation? Probably I not. Know. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> because what, because a recommendation by definition would be something that you enjoy that you're telling someone else to enjoy. Correct. So for me, not my favorite. Don't so so no in, no recommend. I, no yeah. I would not recommend. And for it's not terrible. I get it. It's not terrible, but it's just not for me. Yeah, and for me, I would say I liked it, and I would recommend it. Um, the caveat, I suppose, I would say is um, to I kind of think that this movie can't exist without the rest of the franchise. Which is to say, mm-hmm. you're only gonna watch this because you've bought into Predator. If you've seen the other ones, yeah, like yeah, of course. Watching this as a standalone, well, I would be straight up confused. Yeah, yeah, I would have been straight up confused had I not seen the other ones. Yeah, I'll be honest. Watching this as a standalone and having it be the first Predator movie you ever watch would be a stupid choice, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, not good. And it would just be stupefying. Yeah. You'd be like, what's going I mean, on? They're like, you could similarly say, much like you did, is like, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. hate it. There's nothing bad about this movie. Like, it's not a bad no. movie. But if you didn't care about Predator, and if you didn't know some of the, like, the tropes of the franchise, yeah, this would just be... yeah mystifying like what you'd be you'd be like, lost in it yeah yeah and that's I mean I guess that is both the good and bad thing about franchises broadly speaking which is like right. you know they didn't the benefit to this movie was that they didn't have to explain anything about Predator what it does right. what it's like Not- it's blood it's weapons it's whatever because everybody who sees this movie already knows that like yeah. So they can just do the story of Naru and they can do the story they don't of the thing. Explain shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I would say is yes, I would recommend this movie, but I would only do it if you've already seen at least one other Predator movie. Like Yeah. <laughs> at yeah, least one. Um, yeah. But anyway, the dog didn't die. You're not mad at me. We're not in a situation like the cell. So that's good. Because um, we may never recover from that situation, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, to be to be fair, I don't even remember what the hell that movie was about. But, like, but you remember the um, anger, surely. I do. I do. It seems <laughs> like, I mean... In in retro in retrospect, it seems like it was perhaps over the top. But I mean, I would have been, I would have been really livid if this dog died. Like I, that right. would have. And I was concerned well, when I got that text. Well, not concerned, but I was like, I can't say anything because she's actively watching this movie right now. So I can't confirm or deny yeah. whether sorry makes it to the end of the movie. <laughs> So. And I didn't say in my text, I will be mad at you, but that is what I meant. I will be <laughs> mad at you. 
Well, dodged a bullet there, gratefully. Um, So thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Sarah. I'm here with Amy. And we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.